on episode 530 of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast, we meet Jeremy and Zach, the hosts of the Fit Mess Podcast, and discuss their weight loss, how they kept it off. It's a discussion of motivation, willpower, mindset, and a lot more. You're going to enjoy this conversation. If you'd like to see the show notes, go to 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash 530. you decided you're ready to make a change to reclaim your health and fitness the 40 plus fitness podcast is here for you each week we dive deep into health and fitness topics that affect those of us over 40 i'm alan meisner i'm an nsam certified personal trainer with specializations in corrective exercise behavior change and fitness nutrition a fai certified functional aging specialist and an ota level 2 online trainer I'm joined each week by our co-host, Rachel Everett. She is an NASN certified personal trainer and a RRCA level one run coach. Let us be your coaches as you find your way on your health and fitness journey. All right, let's go. Hey, Ras, how are things going? Great, Alan. How are you today? Uh, as always, <laughs> just <laughs> busy, busy. <laughs> always. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and just a lot of things coming together at the same time mm-hmm. and this and that and things outside your control, things in your control. Uh, but I have, I, you know, I, I do, I do want to say something. Uh, I want to apologize. Uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, I put out an episode. Uh, I didn't realize my new computer uh, I put all the settings for my recordings exactly the way they were on the old computer. Didn't realize how bad the quality was until I actually had to do the work to put it together because I got behind. So I didn't do the, uh, I didn't send that off for audio processing. I did this one myself and um, realized how terrible it was and I couldn't fix it. And I didn't have time to send it off or do anything else. I needed to get it published. It's the first time I've missed a Monday published date in over six years. I published it on a Tuesday Hmm. and uh, I feel bad about that. But at the same time, it kind of opened up my eyes to saying, okay, one, I'm not going to work through the weekend to try to solve a problem about a podcast episode. I'm just not going to do it. Uh, Two, uh, maybe Tuesdays are better days (laughs) for releasing podcasts. Now I'm not going to do it straight away because I do have a sponsor. uh, And I told them I'd be doing these episodes on Mondays. So uh, bear with me as I as I deal with the sponsor and I get that done. But probably like starting in April, uh, I'll be releasing. I'm gonna start releasing episodes on Tuesday mornings. Uh, what that will do is that will give me Monday to get the episode finished up and done. So if I've, I've missed something or need to do something, it's a work day. It's a podcast day. Uh, it's when we do our normally <laughs> would do our recording. <laughs> Uh, for things. So I'm going to start making Monday my like put podcast together day. Um, I don't know that I'll get all the interviews done on Mondays, but I'm going to start kind of trying to push things to certain days to try to make my schedule make more sense. Uh, so the episode and most of the books, the, the, the big books the, that I have authors on, they publish on Tuesdays. That's a standard publication mm-hmm. date for books. It's also when they release music, by the way, um, huh. there's Tuesdays. But so I'm going to start releasing my podcast on Tuesdays. That'll align me with what the publicist and the writers of the you know, authors of the books like because the episode will go live on the day that it goes and therefore goes into their sales for, you know, um, 
bestseller stuff. Uh, if it happens before, like pre-sales actually don't count towards your bestseller status, which is kind of odd. But wow. um, yeah, what sells that first week is what's going to get you into New York Times. So a lot of them want these episodes live th- the first week that the episode's out. Uh, but I have a, also have a longer tail on my podcast. So I think releasing on a Tuesday will make them happier because I can release on the same date for a lot of these books if I'm ahead. Um, but I think they'll like that anyway. So that's going to be my approach going forward. I'm going to start moving these to Tuesday. It's going to be a hit or miss for the next few weeks, like I said. And then, boom, there you go. Uh, Tuesday release dates. And I'll try to stay uh, consistent on that because consistency is really important, as we'll get True. into in a few minutes. But um, mm-hmm. how are things up there? Good, really good. Well, our weather is a little inconsistent these days, <laughs> warm and cold, but it's worked out over the weekend. We did our first uh, maple syrup boil. So up here, when the weather is above freezing during the day, but below freezing at night, we um, collect the sap out of our maples. And this last weekend, we did a boil and yielded almost a gallon, just shy of a gallon of syrup. So We'll be collecting again because the weather continues to be inconsistent (laughs) and we're going to do another collection and another boil pretty soon. But yeah. And hopefully after that, it might be spring. Good. Good for you. Yeah. yeah, Spring is no different than uh, any other season, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. except for one thing, except for one thing. And I do have to say this, we're recording this now. Um, before this happens, but this episode will go live after it happens is that we don't do daylight savings time here. Oh, and so we end up flipping. So the way you have to look at it from our perspective is when we're in the fall. So you guys, when we fall back, we end up in Mm -hmm. Eastern time zone, which means things that I do like client calls with a group and things like that. They're happening for me at eight o'clock. Well, if you guys have followed me for any amount of time at all, you know that I like to be in bed by nine. Uh, that doesn't happen when I have a group call at eight o'clock, uh, which I do from May. I'm from, sorry, from uh, November to March. And now mm-hmm. we're going to do the spring forward, which puts me on central time zone until next oh November. And I'm so happy about that. Uh, I <laughs> wish the United States or at least somebody would just stop doing that. Uh, we don't do it here. And I'm, I'm so hmm. glad we don't. Uh, plus, our days and our nights are generally about the same, they're 12 hours because we're closer sure. to the equator. So it's just kind of one of those things that's like, okay, every day kind of can be the same uh, nice. if you want it to be. Uh, but then, yeah, it's that whole flip-flop of the United States. So uh, as you're listening to this, we are now into the central time zone, and I'm getting to bed earlier every night, uh, <laughs> at, <laughs> oh, least as, nice. at least as far as the clock says it is. Oh, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to be glad to do that because then I can tell my wife, it's like, oh no, no, it's central time zone. Um, mm-hmm. Seven o'clock, I got my call. Eight o'clock, I'm in bed, uh, mm. hopefully. Um, but uh, yeah, so. It <laughs> How funny. Yeah. Um, but you know, so I'm looking, so that's my spring. My The, the thing nice. I look forward to is spring as we get back on a, on a, time that I'm, I'm much more, I'm much happier because everywhere oh, I've good. lived, I've, I've lived most of my life in the central time zone. Okay. Uh, you know, I've lived in 13 different States. Uh, I've lived in four different U S time zones. I'm, I'm just happy to, to be back into the center, central time zone as we, as we do this, as you guys oh. do this, this crazy mm-hmm. spring forward thing. 
And I'm sorry you're losing an hour sleep, but make sure you go to bed an hour earlier so you don't actually lose that. And it might be harder to fall asleep. So kind of play yourself into it over the weekend. But um, yeah, there you go. All right. You ready to have this conversation with uh, Jeremy and Zach? Sounds good. Each of our two guests today have lost well over 100 pounds and kept it off. So they know a thing or two about mindset and motivation. Together, they founded the Hot Mess Podcast, where they interview top experts about health and fitness each week. With no further ado, here's Jeremy and Zach. Jeremy, Zach, welcome to 40 Plus Fitness. Thank you so much for having us. You know, you have the podcast called The Fit Mess. And I'm, I'm assuming, again, maybe I shouldn't assume because I've, I've learned my lesson about that in the past is that's kind of a build off of the hotness that we would, we would say, but more related to fitness. It, it, your assumption is close, but, but incorrect. It actually was more just a, a play on how much of a, of a mess it can be trying to figure out how to stay fit, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically. And so it was really just more that trying to share that struggle with, uh, with our listeners and with our community that you know, we wanted them to know that they're not alone. You know, we're, we're here with them, learning right along with them, maybe a few steps ahead, maybe a few steps behind, but, uh, but that's, our, that's what we're there for, is to be a resource to people that are going through all this together. And, and yeah, it, it definitely gets messy. Uh, you know, it's, there's, there's not a lack of information out there, uh, and it seems kind of odd that we have these podcasts where we're, we're putting information out there, uh, but I, I, I try to act like, I, I try to think like I'm, I'm a Sherpa. You know, I've right. gone up the hill <laughs> yes, exactly. and, and while I can tell you my route won't be necessarily your route, I'm a Sherpa that's willing to go up that route with you again and again and again. Uh, and then that's why I'm really glad to have the two of you on the show, because each of you have stories about how you changed things for yourself. Um, you went from, and I'm actually going to call it normal <laughs> because being overweight, <laughs> uh, being yeah. obese in the United States is more and more becoming the norm versus the, the abnormal. And now you've found yourself pushing towards, um, I guess, oh, no other way to say it, but being the outlier, the, the one that's in the, you know, the not obese, not overweight category and, and actually pushing your fitness up to higher levels. Um, so I do want to get into that. Uh, both of you have really great stories. Um, so Jeremy, could you kind of start back with your uh, origin story uh, of, of what you did to uh, fix your fitness, fix your health, fi- fix your mind uh, as you went through this process. Yeah, I was definitely one of those guys that sort of needed external factors to to make it happen and, and rock bottom to sort of be thrown at me. Uh, it was you know probably about 10 years ago. I was 70, 70 pounds heavier than I am now. I was deeply depressed, stuck in an unfulfilling job. And uh, I just, I I just, I knew there was, there had to be more, but I didn't know how to get there. And ultimately I, I ended up doing just, I had just like the dumbest knee injury that you've ever heard of. And that led me into a physical therapist's office. And that physical therapist said, you know, you should really get on a bike. Otherwise your knees are going to just deteriorate and you're going to need to replace them later in life. And, you know, that sounded fine and good, but I hadn't ridden a bike since I was you know eight. So the whole idea of getting on a bike seemed ridiculous. And, uh, and so I started talking to my brother about it. And, and he said, look, man, if you want to do this, if you're going to be serious, you just have to decide you're that weird guy that rides your bike to work now. So, so go buy some cheap bike and, and start riding. And so something about him saying that, just about that making a decision totally clicked for me. He's like, and I was like, yeah, I, I can totally do that. So got on Craigslist. Within a week, I had a bike and I started doing my bike commute. And 
it was just, it was amazing how transformative it was because the, the need to be present in that moment when you're on a bike riding through city streets, there's nothing like it to, to force you to concentrate on the next breath. Other than sheer terror, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you're going to die, right? If you don't do this right, you're going to die. And I found this weird peace in that and just like letting all of the stuff, I had no idea how much my mind was just dragging me from thing to thing. And when I was there, that was where I found peace. And I just decided I want more of that in my life. And that led me into my therapist's office. And fortunately, he uh, was a, a, a well-practiced meditator and he introduced me to meditation. And that just kicked open all kinds of doors where I just started finding more and more ways to just be present in the moment, be at peace with who I was. And, and that led to you know the a massive weight loss. I lost 70 pounds through a combination of just exercise and keto. And a lot of that came from talking to Zach. You know, Zach was a couple of years ahead of me on the path. And so a lot of the things that I was starting to get curious about, I ended up sitting at a campfire next to him and and he was saying, well, here's what worked for me. Maybe it could work for you too. So, um, Zach, you were his Sherpa. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Still is in many ways. (laughs) Uh, Tell us a little bit about your story. Um, So my story, I mean, really started the day I was born. I was not set up for success in any way, shape or form. I had a fairly traumatic childhood. I didn't think it was a traumatic childhood. I thought it was normal, but in telling people they're surprised that I'm, I'm actually alive or not in jail. Um, just, you know, really bad parenting, uh, left to my own devices, no, you know, education and how to do anything. Um, to the point where when I was, you know, 21, 22 years old, I was about 300 pounds. Um, one of my really good friends was a manager at McDonald's. So I ate there every single day because it was free drank two liters of Mountain Dew every day, didn't move at all, just, you know, smoked cigarettes, smoked two packs of cigarettes a day. And just, you know, one day I got my first real job out of college and my boss looked at me and said, ah, you smoke cigarettes. I would, I would, I would have never hired you if I had known you smoked. And I was like, whoa, like mind blown. That's, that's crazy. Um, so I quit smoking. I started running. I started, you know, signed up for a 5k and that was kind of the start of it. I was like, wow, I can run a 5K. And I started to lose a whole bunch of weight. And then I started running all the time. And, you know, like Jeremy was mentioning, you know, when you're running, you're like in that mode. Uh, it's not quite like riding a bike. I know I was a little bit aggressive when I rode my bike in city streets. So I wasn't as worried. But, you know, I just started running. The weight started melting off. And then I started working on, you know, like going, wait a minute. Well, my mind is clear. I like this feeling of being focused. I like this, you know, it's not muddy up there anymore. Um, so I started exploring all the different ways to continue to exercise in a way that would clear up my mind. And then that led me down the path of, you know, keto and like nootropics and biohacking and all of these things. And, you know, fast forward many, many years now, and, you know, I'm, I'm at a good weight. I'm, you know, relatively healthy mentally, emotionally. And, uh, you know, like Jeremy was saying, we were at a campfire one day. I was telling him about all this stuff. And that's actually how the show was born was we kind of looked at each other and said, guys need to be having this conversation right here. So let's normalize it. Yeah. I mean, you know, things you guys are saying, I mean, definitely resonates with my story. You know, I, I consider myself, uh, the fat bastard, um, hated my job, hated my life, hated everything about it. Uh, was overweight, was unfit, and and quite literally was just disgusted with myself 
And anyone else that would have looked at me would have said, well, this guy has a perfect life. He's got this great salary. He's taking these, this, this, this vacation. He's doing these things. But no, I, I, was, I, was, I really didn't like who I'd become. And it was that wake up of, I can't keep going this way unless I'm going to keep going this way and the end is close. You know, as it was almost like, okay, I'm not going to fulfill whatever I was here to be. There, there's something deeper that needs to go on. And it was being a great dad. It was hopefully eventually being a great, uh, great grandfather. It was, you know, uh, living a life I deserve to live, which I, I wasn't despite the income and, and how good I was doing in my job. Um, and so beyond decision, I had to take a, a, even a deeper step. For me, uh, the word I use is commitment, uh, because in a sense, it was not just, okay, I decided I'm not going to do something. I mean, you quit smoking, so that's not something you just decide to do. Mm-hmm. There, there's was, a lot more to that. I still look back at that as the, of all of the things I've ever had to do in my entire life, that is the number one hardest thing I ever did. And then what, if, if your experience was like my experience, kind of once you do that first thing. So the first day, Jeremy, that you rode your bike to work, how, how far was that? Uh, the first day I did it. So it was, it was a nine mile ride. The first day I only rode half of it because I just thought, well, there's no, I can't just get on a bike and ride nine miles. And I was shocked because it actually, I did really well. And after that, I did start doing the full nine miles. Uh, but it was, it was terrifying. It was scary, but you know, exhilarating at the same time for sure. So you do that first thing, that first hard thing, that first scary thing, and it creates something. Yeah. That, and that's, that's what I was going to say is that so many of these things that, that are constantly in the back of our mind, the things that we're waiting for motivation to do, that we're going to start doing that thing on Monday, or we're going to think about doing that thing, you know, on the new year or whatever, all that stuff, none of it matters. Like you really just have to decide and take the action today. Like you, you can't put it off because if you put it off, you're, you're really just still sitting with indecision. Even by saying, I'll do this on Monday, you're still sitting in the indecision. Even if you can, for example, this year, I, I hadn't been to a gym in months. I hadn't done any real physical workout in months. I'd done some running now and then, but at the start of this year, I decided that I was going to go to the gym every day. And I just, uh, I couldn't figure out like when it was going to work. So I got on my calendar and I, and I, I put in a time to go every day, the whole first week I didn't go, but I took the first step of go of putting it on my calendar so that I could see and go, I'm neglecting this time. Like I have the time. I have no excuse. The second week I went and I haven't missed a day since because I knew, I know I have the time. Now that I've gone and I feel good, I'm going in with a plan. I know what I'm doing when I get there. And just everything's falling into place from there. When, when I take that action, that action leads to another one. I'm eating better because I don't want the work I'm doing there to be for no reason. That's just, that's the way that so many of these things work is it's just such a domino you have to just kick open that first door and you'll be amazed at how many more do- doors you'll find on the other side that lead to a better, happier life. And now a word from our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by the NutriSense CGM program. We talk about blood sugar a lot on this podcast because it is the root cause for most chronic illnesses. But knowing how food, exercise, sleep, and stress affect your blood sugar is difficult unless you test regularly. 
When you are able to track your blood sugar in relation to your lifestyle, you get actionable data. That's where the NutriSense CGM program comes in. With an easy and painless application, their continuous glucose monitor, along with the support from a registered dietitian, will let you know definitively what happens to your blood sugar as you eat, work out, sleep, or deal with stress. Whether it is a hard physical day while fasted, as I did recently with the gym move, or trying your favorite restaurant meal. I'm so happy the chicken vindaloo at Ohm restaurant doesn't spike my blood sugar. You'll have peace of mind that you're on the right track managing your health. The NutriSense CGM program includes a smartphone app that connects via near-field communication, NFC, to pull your data each time you sync the app with your monitor. You have the data and analytics you need. And your dietitian can answer all of your questions and help you take the steps needed to address your metabolic health needs. Head over to NutriSense.io forward slash 40 plus and use the code 40 plus for $30 off your subscription to the NutriSense CGM program. That's N-U-T-R-I-S-E-N-S-E dot I-O forward slash 40-P-L-U-S. Use the code 40PLUS for $30 off your NutriSense CGM program subscription. Now, I think so many people will sit back and and they know they know the first door they have to kick through. They know the first domino. But there's something holding them back. Can, can we talk a little bit about how you went through a mind shift change to just really do that? Because, you know, quitting smoking or riding a bike in city traffic. <laughs> yeah. Those, those are, those are, those for, for most of us, that, because what we're not talking about is some fit guy who can pedal at the same speed as the cars that can, right. can maneuver and do all these things. I mean, you're at this point overweight. Mm-hmm. Not completely comfortable on on a new bike you just you just bought off Craigslist, right? That's there's something there. Something has to click in your brain, yeah, to make that happen. What what is that? What 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 was your mindset? It's for for me. I I know enough about myself to know that I am uh, motivated by external factors. I I can sit here and tell myself. I need to do this, you know, to be a good dad and I want to live a healthy life and all that. But that stuff is so, it's just, it's just a figment of my imagination. There's nothing there tangibly that I can hold on to. Getting on the bike, you know, my mom had just had at least one, if not both of her knees replaced by then. And to hear a physical therapist say, if you want that, keep doing what you're doing. If you don't want that, go buy a bike. And that was scary enough for me. I was, I was you know, shocked into, into action and I took the action. This year, you know, we have our own podcast. Uh, we were going to interview Tony Horton, the, the creator of the P90X workout. I had never done the P90X workout. And I just thought, I, I have to have some integrity here. I have to have at least done his workout to know what I'm doing. So I went and did his workout for a few days just so that I knew what I was talking about. And then it turns out I fell in love with it. I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm going to just do this every day because this guy, I, I like his speed. I like his tempo. And so that's that's been pushing me. So for me, I have to look for, you know, is there an accountability system? Is there a friend? Can I call Zach and say, hey, Zach, I need you to you know, text me every morning at seven and say, get your ass to the gym, whatever it is. You know, I, I know that I'm driven by something external. Something has to be bigger than me. And so I have to find what that is for whatever action is that I want to take. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of the same way. 
I it's, it's the external motivation, but in the last few years, I've been really trying to shift that mindset into external motivation, but for my future self. So, you know, my 60 year old self, I'm doing this for him. So, you know, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to go not eat pizza today, even though I work for a company where I get free pizza. So that's really hard. You know, I'm doing all of this stuff for the future me. And that was kind of, that was a good shift for me because I was always external motivated or needed that external motivation in order to get something done. And just, you know, pretending in my head of like, all right, when I'm 65, living, you know, my retirement dreams, do I want to be stuck in the easy chair that my dad was stuck in? Or do I want to be out exploring, riding my bike still, doing things? Okay, I'm going to be driven for my future self. And I want to jump on that too, because I was doing the same thing. I was following that advice that, that we picked up along the way. And I kept telling myself, you know, would the future version of me walk by this basket of laundry and, and just leave it undone? Would, this, would the future me not do the dishes? You know, whatever things I would normally let slide. And I was talking to my therapist about that. And my therapist reminded me, he said, that's, that's a cute trick. And if that works for you, go for it. But keep in mind, there is no future you. That doesn't exist. All that exists is this you. So if that you can do this, then this you can do this. And so if you can just own that identity that you are now the person who tidies up, who does the laundry, who does the dishes, who goes to the gym every day, who eats well, just own that idea, identity, put that on every day. Stop worrying about the future you and just know that that is who you are now. And that's, you know, when I think back, that's what happened on the bike. And so the more that I sort of incorporate that way of thinking into whatever challenges I'm taking on, the easier it becomes to do them because I just own them as who I am rather than it being this thing I have to do. Yeah. And I think, you know, kind of the balance between what the two of you have said is that there, there is this, this concept of uh, extrinsic reward or acknowledgement. So you have someone holding you accountable. And then there's this intrinsic drive. And the intrinsic drive is unique to you. Um, very much like what you've said, I like having something in front of me that's a, a big, scary, hairy deal. Um, you know, I'm doing a Tough mutter. The difference is, you know, the first time I did a Tough mutter, I was 47 years old. Now I'm 56. Uh, so for me, 60 means I'm, I'm doing Tough mutters. It doesn't mean, you know, sitting in a lounge chair, hanging out. Uh, although I will sit in a lounge chair probably after I do the Tough mutter because I'm, I'm going to be sore as heck. But that said, I'm, I'm training towards something that's that. But the other side of it, what I do is I like to take those those events, if you will, those, those kind of those intrinsic, uh, scary things. And I like to line them up in a way that is cohesive with who I want to be when I'm older. So when I have grandchildren, you know, we didn't have tough mutters when I was younger, we, we did the five K's and the, 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 that kind of thing. And then as I got a little older, I got into marathons and ultras and lifting weights, just see how much I could do that, that kind of thing. Those were what we did for fun. You know, now there's tough mutters and there's other, these other types of events like the Ragnar and those types of things that I I'd love to try and do. I don't know what they're going to be doing in 10, 15, 20 years from now, but I want to be able to at least make an effort of doing it. You know, I'm going to be the, the 75 year old guy that's out there with his grandkid doing whatever crazy little thing it is, you know, and, and I, that kind of excites me from a future perspective. So I can kind of get, well, it's hard to wrap your mind around it, 
but it's like, I'm looking at it from a perspective of what I enjoy doing today. And it aligns with what I know that I'm likely going to enjoy in the future. You're talking about riding a bike and how immediately once you got on it, it became a part of you, a part of driving your, your, your whole existence. You rode your bike every day. You were the weird guy who rode his bike to to work every day. Uh, And then people probably watched you lose 70 pounds. It's like, I probably should buy a bike. Um, (laughs) You know, that's, that is one of the surprising uh, side effects of of this whole thing. When you, when you do start taking care of yourself, it is amazing how people suddenly just start asking questions like, Oh wow. Wow. What, what are you doing? What happened? And it's so funny how, you know, I've, I've done this a few times. I've been up and down the scale enough to know, you know, how it goes. But it's so funny how almost every time it's just that, you know, I, I ate better and I worked out and, and they're like, oh, that's oh, it. Like, I, wanted, yeah, I, that's... Wanted, I wanted an easy button. I didn't want to actually <laughs> right. have to work for it. You didn't just drink some magical drink in the morning and it just melted away? No, no, of course not. But that's what the commercial said on Sunday. Right? I watched the whole right. 60 minutes and then just didn't, <laughs> didn't call it 800 number. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which back in the day, that's how Tony sold those, those that's DVDs was on those infomercials <laughs> on a Sunday. And, and I, yes, I actually had it and, and did it back when it was the, the first ones. Uh, yeah. And then actually tried to do insanity when it came out, but I was way too old and out of shape. And that, that, wrecked <laughs> me. so, <laughs> you know, Sean, I love me, the insanity you know, workout. Well, I, get it. A I, I, I get it. I get it. You know, it was just, but I, I, I tried to be 20 when I wasn't and my body, uh, it reminded me. So I, I felt like I had basically been beat to death by baseball, beat up with a baseball bat while I was asleep. And the next morning I actually had to call in sick for work because I couldn't get oh out God. of the bed. Wow. So, <laughs> because again, I modify, man, you got to modify. No, this was, no, this was, this was the fit test. This was just that little test they do at the very beginning. Oh yeah. And, and I'm like, he's, he's like, go as hard as you can go as hard as you can. I'm like, I'm going as hard as I can. And then the next morning it's like, I can't get out of bed. Nope. Um, so, you know, there is that, you know, don't let yourself get overexcited, uh, you know, let, let your mind understand where you are and, and start from there. Like you said, uh, Jeremy, you, you knew potential, you might not be able to ride the whole nine miles to and fro to, to do your, your ride. And so as a result, you had a, a plan B, um, and, and then you realized, okay, I can actually do this. And then you were, you were on it. And yep. um, I imagine after that, you're probably looking at your time and saying, okay, I can get to work in six minutes. I can get to work in five minutes. When it, when I got it, when I got down to like 33 minutes, I was like, oh, this yeah. is awesome. Yeah. When it, when actually, when I, when it was shorter than riding the bus, exactly. that was when I knew this is, this is it. This, I'm never yeah. riding the bus again. There you go. There you go. I, I do want to like, just say it really quickly, like on the, you know, your future self and, um, my motivation, I have actually an example from yesterday that, you know, I, I do think forward of like myself 20 years from now, but I also think forward of myself tomorrow and being ready for things tomorrow. Um, I told Jeremy about this earlier, but yesterday I went to a six 30 workout at a CrossFit gym. And it was a partner workout. So I, of course I worked a little bit harder than I normally do. And then my friend is opening up a new gym. So I went to an eight 30 class there and did that. And then I went home and I did manual labor of like, uh, fixing a room for like six more hours. And 20 years ago, I would have been dead, like done. And I woke up this morning I was a little stiff, but I was fine. 
And that that's for me, that's where the benefit comes in. Like thinking about your future self. It's like, I am doing all this stuff so I can be okay tomorrow and I can go do anything that I want whenever I want. Yeah. Well, we're, we're moving the gym. And so that's kind of one of the things is, you know, the, the concept of moving weights around, moving these, these horse mats that weigh a hundred pounds and are awkward and just getting those things in place and knowing I'm probably gonna have to move them a dozen times to get them where I want them to be. And that's going to be about five days of my life next week. Um, mm-hmm. if, if, if I'd been 47, when I first started this journey, there, there's no way in heck. There's no way. And then when I actually bought the gym three years ago, a little less, about two and a half years ago, actually, um, I used to do all the deep cleans by myself. So every piece of equipment in that gym, I would move out of the way, move all those mats out, wash all those mats myself, put all of them back in, put all the weight back on top of it over the course of a, a Saturday afternoon and a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then I, but I, and at that point, I was a beast. And then COVID happened. And I came out of COVID and I'm like, I'm not quite at that fitness level. I'm okay with where I am. I'm just have to realize who I am and where I am. And so part of the vision is, okay, I can get back there and I will, but right now, yeah, I'm going to hire strong, healthy people to help me move some of those horse mats and some of those weights, because there's no reason for me to try to kill myself to do those things. So it's a balance. Uh, and it's having the right mindset of knowing what you're capable of and pushing yourself and pushing those, those comfort zones. And then the other side of it is not going nuts. Like I did with insanity or now maybe going nuts and thinking I can do the whole gym by myself, um, not going there. So it's, it is a, it is a back and forth with yourself to, to not give yourself excuses, mm-hmm. but also know, okay, I can push I'm, I'm going to go do this workout because this is my friend. I'm going to go do these things around the house because I have those those desires and those obligations. And so those are, those are really good drivers. And then, like you said, you're fit enough, you've set yourself up to be able to do those things. So it's, that's really cool. But I know that today is a rest day. Like I, I pushed it yesterday. So I went to yoga this morning and that's it. It's all I'm doing today. And recording this podcast. <laughs> yeah, the, the physical exertion of recording a podcast doesn't quite get to me that. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, I, I tend to move my hands, so even though you might not see that on the camera, it's, I'm working out here. Uh, so, uh, you know, we talk about motivation, and uh, you know, every time I see objections to the keto diet, because every year they do the, uh, it's, I think it's U.S. News and World Report, they do the best diets and worst diets uh, out there. Um, Keto is consistently at the bottom of the list, but I, I can tell you that I, I know more people who have lost weight and maintained that weight loss using keto than I do that have used any other diet, period. Uh, even the Mediterranean diet, which I agree is probably the actual, the best diet out there, but the keto diet, if, if you can do it, uh, is, is really effective at weight loss. And it's not something you have to do forever. I've had guests on, I do what I call seasonal ketosis. So I have off seasons and on seasons. Uh, some people are keto all the time. Uh, you guys use keto as a tool, uh, to, to lose weight. Um, how did you motivate yourself to stick with what most, um, experts would say is impossible? Well, there was a couple of things. Um, you know, one, so I tried keto before Jeremy, I think it was really just once I figured out that I was not doing keto 
necessarily to lose weight. It was an added benefit for me, but I was doing it to try and help with, you know, inflammation in my body and brain fog and some of those things, which were really important to me because my job required a lot of mental work. And I, I just needed to try that. Um, I also set myself up to, um, so Sean T was coming to town and he was, I was going to do a live workout. Um, and I also was signed up to do a, a go rock 50 miler, uh, star course. It's a, just a 50 miles of walking with, with a weight in your backpack and probably four or five months before I started keto or before that I started keto with the intention of being keto through all of these events. And so I set myself up like that to keep myself on track because keto is, it can be really tough. And all the, the products that are on the market today that are marked keto are technically keto. If that's the only thing you eat for the entire day, but it is tough. If you're going to stay in ketosis, like if you have one, one day where you, you eat more than what your, your carbohydrates uh, requirement is you're out and you need a couple of days to get back in. So it's, it is very binary. It's, it's tough to eat all of those things, but honestly, it was like meat and veg, meat and vegetables. Like, and I found some really good dairy hacks with, um, uh, some, some protein powder that was keto friendly as well. So it's, it's definitely possible, but the motivation for me was to find good food that I really liked and just eat the same thing over and over and over again and set something up for later on. So you have a goal that you're marching towards. In my case, you know, it goes back to that campfire sitting with Zach and he was showing me the chart of how much weight he'd lost on keto and some ridiculously short amount of time. And I was like, whatever that is, I want in, show me, show me how you did that. And so he told me about it and I thought, well, that sounds insane. There's no way I can do that. Keep in mind, I'm a vegetarian. So doing keto as a vegetarian is nearly impossible. It's not impossible. It's very hard. But I, but I took to heart what he said, and I, I just sort of broke it down in a way that made sense for me. And I thought, you know, I'm going to just try. I'm just going to limit my carbs to 100 grams a day. I'm just going to just start there and see, see what that does to my life. And I like immediately was feeling better because just the food choices that I had to make had to be better. And so I don't even know that I ever really went full keto. I mean, I definitely I did the test strips and I was in ketosis in and out. But for the most part, I really just cut out a lot of carbs and introduced a lot more protein and fat to my diet. But, you know, again, as the vegetarian, it was tricky because there aren't a lot of options for that. So I was relying heavily on like the processed, you know, fake chickens and the fake meats to make sure I was getting the protein that I needed. I would not recommend that somebody do that because we know that, you know, all that processed stuff is not good for you to do on a regular basis by any means. But anything that just, you know, encourages you to eat fewer ingredients and real whole foods is what your body is craving. In terms of the motivation, the motivation came, again, from the external reward that Zach was dangling in front of me with the weight loss. But it really was how I felt and how the weight came off. And my, my entire relationship with food changed. There were days where coworkers would be sitting there eating, you know, cheese and crackers and they would offer me some. And in the past, I'm like, well, of course, free food. Why would I say no? But when I would look at it, it just it wasn't even food anymore. It just didn't even register as food to eat, you know, a, a, a wheat thin or whatever it was. So again, the motivation followed the action. By taking the action, my body went, I like this, do more of this. And it just, I had really no choice but to keep going because that was what my body was demanding of me. So let, let's take a little bit deeper in that because I think what you said there is, is super, super important. Your body told you, 
this is good. Mm -hmm. Okay. How do we open ourselves up to that conversation? That to me goes back to the, the meditation topic. You know, any, any time that you can set aside every day to just shut the hell up and get out of your own way for a minute is going to just open your doors again, going back to the door analogy, but just, I just find that in quiet, I find all of the answers that I sit here racking my brain trying to come up with. So whether it was diet or, you know, last year I moved to Canada, you know, I moved to a new country and I was hemming and hawing and didn't know what to do. And, oh man, how do I make this? This is a tough decision. I got kids. Is this the right thing? And I finally just, I just got quiet and just meditated and just, just, I just kept verbally saying, show me home. And I literally saw the home that I'm in now. Like it just appeared in my head. So that doesn't happen without my meditation practice. That doesn't happen without just taking time to get quiet and just listen to God, universe, you know, energy, whatever your thing is. I, you know, I don't subscribe to any of them, but, but there is something in me that, that gives me the answers, that gives me a, a, a path to follow if, if I can just get quiet enough to hear it. The answers shut, up, are shut up and listen. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where all the answers are. <laughs> yeah, Zach, I define wellness as being the healthiest, fittest, and happiest you can be. What are three strategies or tactics to get and stay well? Uh, move your body. Like that's that's number one for me. I know if I'm not moving in some way, shape, or form, everything else kind of crumbles and falls apart. You know, I I go to the gym every single day for something. I'll either go for like you know, shoulder PT or do a full workout or go to, you know, good, you know, power yoga class or something like that. But that is the number one thing for me. And then second is, is the mindfulness bit, um, which is why I go to yoga quite a bit. Unlike Jeremy, I can't actually sit still. I can't stand it. Um, so, you know, sitting on a pillow, meditating, uh, saying home is, is not my jam. I can't do it. Um, so I do a lot of uh, gentle yoga classes where, you know, you're not moving physically all that much. The whole point is the breathing. It's the meditation, but it's just enough movement where I'm comfortable with it. And then the third thing for me, and this actually ties into what we were just chatting about was, you know, I read Tim Ferriss's four hour work week book a long time ago. And there was one, there was one piece in there about, you know, doing the opposite of what everyone else is doing. And you'll, you'll find your way. And I did that for nutrition one day and I decided to just stop eating for a couple of days and fast. And I uncovered all of my emotional eating in that moment. So, you know, the number three thing for me is like eating in a way that your bot that's nourishing your body, not emotional eating, figuring out what your patterns are, um, why you eat what you eat. And to, to Jeremy's point, right? Like listening to your body and understanding that message. So, uh, for me, it was, it was fasting unlocked a lot of that stuff. So moving my body, mindfulness, and eating the right things to nourish your body. Thank you, Zach. Jeremy, I define wellness as being the healthiest, fittest, and happiest you can be. What are three strategies or tactics to get and stay well? I'm going to echo what Zach said just on the, on the mindfulness thing. I mean, you know, as I said, I, I just feel that any, any big answer, any big question I'm asking myself, it's, it's in here somewhere. And I just have to get out of my own way and, and listen to it. So meditation, mindfulness, however you can approach it, it's only going to help you. I also think that um, curiosity is, is just a huge tool to hang on to your, in, in your toolbox. Because when you do find that you are emotionally eating or you're angry about something or you're just frustrated or whatever's going on, 
if you can, again, get into that moment and just get curious. Why do I feel this way? Why am I opening this bag of Oreos? Why am I doing this thing? So often when I ask myself those questions while I'm doing the thing that I'm upset about or, or that I know I shouldn't be doing, I find that I no longer want to do that thing or that feeling dissipates because I, I can just shine this big bright light on it and make it really small and it goes away. So curiosity is huge. Um, and then, you know, just, just kind of in terms of the, the biohacking world, I can't get enough of the cold. I wear shorts year round. My family teases me because I'll walk my kids to the bus stop in, the sh- in shorts and they're like, why are you wearing shorts? I just, I feel at home in the cold. I always have, even before I knew that cold exposure was a thing. Uh, I live next to a gigantic, beautiful lake. And I, as much as I can, I go and just sit in it for at least two minutes and just get cold because I just feel like it's this connection with nature. It's a reset. My whole body just reacts to it in a way that, again, makes me very present. It's when you're trying to stay alive for two minutes in, you know, 12 degree water, uh, it's, uh, there's, there's nothing quite like it. So um, to me, it's just all of that just kind of comes back to finding a way to just be in the moment and really know why you're doing what you're doing so that you can make the right choice to do the right ne- the next right thing. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to go for the heat shock proteins. You can go for the cold. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I can't do, I hate, I've heard of hot yoga and I don't, I don't ever want to be anywhere near it. Like, no, I can't do the heat. I, I'll flip flop in between them. I love, I love my cryo chamber, but I also love the sauna. Awesome. So guys, if someone wanted to learn more about you, learn more about your podcast, The Fit Mess, where would you like for me to send them? We've got a website, thefitmess.com. Um, all of our shows, all of our information is, is right there. We're also on social media all over the place as uh, Fit Mess Guys. And we are on every, every place you could download a podcast from. We're there. Okay. Well, I'm going to put the link in the show notes. You can go to 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash 530, and I'll be sure to have those links there. So Jeremy, Zach, thank you so much for being a part of 40 Plus Fitness. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Welcome back, Raz. Hey, Ellen. What a fun conversation with Jeremy and Zach. They both have really good stories to share. It was interesting to hear how they got to where they are today. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a lot to unwrap oh, when yeah. someone does something like this. And in a, a, a few weeks, I mean, it'll be a little while. I have another guest. I'm, I'm reading her book now and she, she lost over 150 pounds. So, you know, you get these, these individuals that have this exceptional weight loss and you want to think they're, they're superheroes, you know, they're, 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 they're often famous people or they're, they become famous. And so we like to kind of put this hero moniker on them. And the reality is, uh, Zach and Jeremy are just normal guys with normal jobs, but they did something exceptional for mm-hmm. themselves. And there was a trigger for each of them, uh, that kind of made that happen. And, and from that, you know, I think one of the key takeaways is that um, they didn't just decide one day they're going to do something. Something happened or they really got serious, but it wasn't just a decision. Like I made the decision and it was eight years before I really got to doing something, anything important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when I learned that I needed to be committed. I needed something in front of me. I needed a commitment. Um, I needed to be serious about it. And I think if it's not happening for you, 
you've, you've got to go back and do that, that, that check-in and you've got to be brutally honest with yourself. Are you really in it? Are you really mm-hmm. trying? Because it may seem like you're trying, well, I tried this diet. Um, did you? And, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but really self-exploration. It's like, well, yeah, I was good Monday through Friday. Um, and then the Saturday and Sunday, well, I was off plan. Uh, okay. Well, then you weren't on. Right. You know? Well, I, I think that people often expect overnight success or if not overnight, then a week, a week of changing your diet and seeing success or a week of exercise and seeing some success, but it's a multifaceted thing and it requires more than just a week to kind of test the waters with something new or a change that you've tried to implement. Yeah. And it's, it's this consistency thing and it's a consistency right. of being outside your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So you can just, you can look at, at, at Jeremy. Okay. What, what does Jeremy decide he needs to do? Because he's talking to a physical therapist and it's like, okay, you need to use your legs or you're going to lose them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to buy a bike on Craigslist and um, get on, get, get on that bike and ride it to work. And, be the and weird guy. The be weird, the weird guy that rides exactly, his bike to work. <laughs> exactly. Be the weird mm-hmm. guy. Okay. Um, I'm the weird guy who goes out and doesn't drink beer or alcohol right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. I go out with my, if I go out, I'm, I'm not drinking and, and everybody's starting to accept it, that that's, you know, don't, don't even bother. Uh, mm-hmm. He's not going to, uh, because he has a commitment. He has a goal. He's got something in front of him that he's charging toward. And that's outside your comfort zone. It'd be so mm-hmm. easy for me to sit there and say, oh, everybody's having beer. I'll have a beer too. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's having a drink. I'll have a drink too. Uh, but what I know is that that step off of the path for me mm-hmm. is not just a step off. It's not just a little detour that I'd be taking. It would be a complete derailment mm-hmm. of what I've accomplished. And it would take me a good long time to mentally fix myself and get back on that trail. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be uncomfortable. You have, I, I, there's no comfortable way to change. Mm-hmm. Well, committed, committed is yeah. a key word here too. And, and Jeremy, like you had said, or he had said that he had a knee issue just like his parent, and, and he was on track to get in that same position and, and be a little bit worse off in the future. And once he committed to riding his bike to work, you know, other things fell into place as well. And he had a friend that helped describe what the diet, a possible diet he could try, the keto diet. And he found some success with that. And it kind of snowballs into, you know, a good area once you get rolling on it. And and as long as you stay committed to it. Yeah, it will. It will. But it it doesn't start snowballing the first day. I mean, if you can imagine, (laughs) okay, we're we're not talking about just riding your bike down a a park path. We're we're talking Mm -hmm. about literally he decides he's going to get on a bicycle and he's going to ride it on the bike lane in a city with Mm -hmm. traffic and everything else going. And he's quite literally maybe just, yeah, probably was because he said he was terrified, (laughs) which I would probably be too, Um, you know. I'm not going to, I'm not going to die of a heart attack. I'm going to die of a car hitting me. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, but it, he, he had to put himself uncomfortable and he right. put some safety things in there. Cause he knew, okay, riding nine miles 
the first day might not be something he could actually accomplish. It, it turned out it was, but he was not just dumb and saying, okay, here's, I'm going to do nine miles the first day. He said, okay, I'm going to start and I'm going to figure out if I can ride my bike to work and I will ride mm-hmm. my bike to work. And yes, I'll be weird. I'll be uh, uncomfortable. I'll be outside of the norm. Mm-hmm. I will do all those things that are outside my comfort zone. And he did that. And he was, he had a friend that, you know, in Zach that had done keto to lose a lot of weight. And so he said, okay, tell me about this. And, you know, I tell people about things all the time, mm-hmm. <laughs> every week you're mm-hmm. on here and we're having this conversation or these conversations about health, about taking care of yourself and giving you actionable items. Every single week, I ask the question at the end of an episode, tell me your tricks, tell me your tactics, tell me your strategies. Can you imagine hundreds of episodes now that I've asked that question? How many tactics and strategies have been mentioned on this podcast? Yours is there. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, the one that's the ones that will work for you are in those podcasts are out there. Now, the question then is, are you going to do it? Mm-hmm. You know, people know yeah. I run the gym. I run the gym on aisle. Hey, Alan, gym's open, right? You moved. Yeah, that's awesome. I'll be by there on Monday to join. <laughs> okay. Hey, Alan, you know, you're, I see, I hear you're training for this tough mutter. You've lost some weight. You're looking great. You're, you know, you're really doing this. And I'm like, yeah. So tell me what you do to lose weight. And I tell mm-hmm. them. End of conversation. Crickets. Crickets, crickets, not even crickets. It's it's quieter. It's quieter than crickets. I think we we do have crickets here, I think, but um, it's it's quieter than crickets. They're not going to do it. They don't do it. They don't want to do it. It's not the magic pill. It's not the the, the easy button. It's, 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 Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it seems impossible. Yeah. How can someone not eat cake? Mm. You know, you know, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, I've been listening to your podcast since you started, and it was very early on that you introduced the idea of keto. And I listened to those podcasts for a long time, and I and I thought keto is another fad diet, which it is, and I did, just didn't see the sense. I didn't see the logic, and I just sat on it for a while. But when I did try it, it agreed with me. I mean, not right away. I certainly had the keto flu like a lot of people do, but you know, over time, it really, it really does agree with me. That particular way of eating does agree with me, but it did take me a while to, to come to terms with it. And at least the parts of it that I can easily agree with. And then a lot of people would no sugar because I really believe sugar is not good for you. We've talked about that and no refined grains, no white flour, no white rice, no white pasta and any such thing. There's just no nutrients in it. And, and over time it has, is works with me and I'm very committed because I'm, I feel good when I eat well and, and healthy foods, whole foods, real foods, and it works for me and other people might find the similar success with a vegan diet or vegetarian diet or any other diet that has a name that's out there. But the point is, is that you have to try something and you have to give it a chance. You know, changing your diet for a week is not going to yield any sort of livable, useful results. You need to try something for a long time to be committed to it for some time. Well, before we got on here, you you used a word and I think Mm. it's a really important word uh, for us to, to put out there. And the word is gap. 
Um, yes. There are gaps, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. in this in this path. It's it's not a straight line. Uh, it's it's it, there's gaps. There's there's bits right. that aren't there that you have to fill in those gaps, and you have to make it happen. You have to do the work to get there. Mm-hmm. The very first gap is the start. You've yes. got to get momentum, and you get momentum by actually starting. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've ever tried to push a stalled car, when you first start pushing, it's heavy. Even if you're going slightly downhill, it's still heavy to get the car going. Once you get going, you get some momentum. Mm-hmm. Okay. Same way with anything, that one thing that you're going to do, just pick one mm-hmm. thing, you know, for Jeremy, it was riding his bike. Right. You know, for me, it was eating whole food. Mm-hmm. It was literally, okay. If it, if it didn't walk this earth or grow in the ground, if it was not alive at some point, and I can't recognize it as being something alive, and I mean really alive, right? There was not any of this, oh, well, these were oats, so I'll eat oatmeal. No, not even close. If it, if it did not resemble something that was alive, meaning I could, I could not pick it out of the ground and it be what it was, I didn't eat it, mm-hmm. okay? That strenuous of that's, that's the paleo I did. And as a result of eating that way and staying, trying to stay satiated, I went into ketosis. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, then there's the gap when it starts getting hard, when things plateau, you know, that first weekend where you say, okay, I'm not going to drink alcohol. That's going to be my, one of my main things. And I'm going to eat whole foods. And those are my two, those are my two biggies, the two rules. And then you get to the weekend and it's like, oh, well, come over to my house. You know, we've got the the ball game coming on and, you know, they've got all the food and all the stuff set out and you're kind of like, okay. And they got, they got the beers and all that. Have yourself a beer and have, and have some, and before you know it, you're digging into, you know, the cheese and, and chips and, <laughs> and all that. And you're drinking the beer uh-huh. and it's like, oh, I, I'm over here, uh, you know, making these hamburgers and hot dogs. You want one. And yeah, you end up with one of each or both or more. Um, mm-hmm. but you see, it's the gaps. There's, there's, there's mm-hmm. those things that you've got to get past. Yeah. And, and then the snowball starts to happen. It's like, Oh, I have more energy. I feel better. I've lost 15 pounds. I, now it doesn't, my knees don't actually hurt when I get out of bed in the morning. Ah, so I could actually go for a walk and you go for that walk and you're like, ah, oh, that felt pretty good to go for that walk before I got ready for work kind of woke me up, got me going. I could listen to Alan's podcast, <laughs> Alan <laughs> right. Rachel's podcast. you know, uh, maybe not the whole thing in one walk yet, but mm-hmm. you'll get there. Uh, cause we go a little longer now, but the whole point being is you're going to have these gaps. You can have these things that happen. And that's mm-hmm. what for the first eight years of my journey was the problem was I had made the decision. I wanted to do something mm-hmm. and then I would start And I would either not get momentum or I would, and then something would trip me up. Something would come in between me and what was going on. There would be a lack of success. There would be an event, you know, and that event would completely throw me off. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever sat down and said, okay, well, I, so far I've lost 20 pounds and that's awesome. Uh, And then you go do something silly over a weekend and you step on the scale and it's six pounds more. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. easy to just quit. Yeah. It's easy yeah. to walk away. Um, so you've got to have that commitment. And then above all, you, you just have to be open and honest with yourself, who you are, 
mm-hmm. what you're doing and and you show up. You don't yeah. you don't say I'm going to get that gym membership on Monday. It's Tuesday. You're listening mm-hmm. to this maybe on a Tuesday. Uh, I'll get the gym membership on Monday. Well, guess what? I'm going to tell you right now, you probably won't. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might do it now to prove me wrong, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but you no, know, you had no intention. You had no real intention because you had no commitment. And that, that's a hard thing to hear. And it's actually a hard thing to say to people. But when someone tells me they're going to meet me at the gym on a certain day, unless they've paid me the money to be there and show up, they're not going to be there. Mm-hmm. They're not. 99, 99% of the time, if someone tells me they're going to do something at the gym on a certain day. If they haven't already paid the money to do it, mm-hmm. they won't be there. Yep. It's about making that decision to make a change and then committing to it. Committing to it and then doing it. There's, there's, yep. there's, those are gaps. Yep. There, there, there's a, there's a decision gap of, it's not like pushing a button and it's instant gratification. There's a right. gap and it's the doing. So yes, you can walk in a gym and you can, you can give that gym, you can sign a paperwork to sign up for that gym for a year and you can give them the $10 and you can go in there and they'll show you all the stuff. And then tomorrow, maybe you wake up bright and early and you put on your workout gear and you get down there. Uh, where are you three weeks later? Are you still there? Are you still showing up? You're still doing your thing. Uh, because if you do, then you're going to start looking at other things. The riding the right. bike leads to wanting to eat better. Mm-hmm. And the wanting to eat better means you're doing the research and you're following the paths that we've helped you set forward. And again, as, as you said, Rachel, it's not just choosing a path I took or that you mm-hmm. took or that Zach and Jeremy took. Right. That's our path. It worked mm-hmm. very well for us. It may yep. or may not work out for you. Yep. but Here's the key, vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian, carnivore, keto, all of it. One thing in common, low, if none, processed foods. Mm-hmm. You cannot, I mean, I just, I, I've, I have yet, and you guys can help me. There's a lot of you out there. Find me someone who got fat eating whole food. Mm-hmm. No, no, so seriously, this just shouldn't be that hard, right? If you eat meat, fish, and vegetables, and fruit, and that's all you eat, did you should get be. heavy doing that? Should be good, yeah. Answer is no. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just telling you right now, you're not going to find that person. And the reason all their diets are great is because that's what they're made up of. And the reason they think every other diet is terrible because they think every other diet, they're eating the terrible foods. Mm -hmm. So a vegan thinks all we keto people eat is bacon. And unfortunately (laughs) we sell that because yeah, you get to, you get to eat bacon, but you don't live on bacon. No, (laughs) Um, bacon can be a part. Uh, I don't eat much bacon uh, at all. I don't, I don't need it anymore. I eat whole food. I eat a non-processed food. In fact, today I went grocery shopping. I bought four chicken thighs, a salad, a pre-made salad and some broccoli. Mm. That that's my dinner. Sounds okay. 
And so every bit of it was something that I could have picked or killed. Um, it was alive. And I, I know it was alive because it's in the form it was in when it was not alive anymore <laughs> mm-hmm. um, after it was picked. Or, 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 or pro- you know, and and the, the processing on the chicken was to cut the thigh off. That was it. The, the processing for the plants is, yeah, they, they washed and cleaned it a little bit and chopped it up for the salad. And the broccoli is a whole big sprout thing of broccoli. So slice, throw it in the bucket, wrap it in plastic, and give it to Alan. Charge mm-hmm. him $2.40. Because um, <laughs> broccoli is expensive here. Um, I paid less for the chicken. Uh, <laughs> Jeez. My goodness. Uh, but you get the idea is that, you know, every one of these diets, they work because they're whole food. That's it. Mm-hmm. Now, to do that is challenging. Because what did I have to do to walk into a grocery store to get to the places where I needed these things? I had to walk by the chips. I had to walk by the dips. Oh. I had to walk by the cookies. I had to walk by the sodas. I had to walk by, you get the idea. But, you know, mm-hmm. all the breaded meats that are in the freezer section, all the processed meats that are in the in the freezer section. Um, and I shopped hungry, which, you know, you're not supposed to oh. do, but, but <laughs> no. still hungry. What does hungry mean? Hungry means I bought four instead of two. That's what, that's what it means. You know, I could have bought two chicken because they were all you know, each together. I mean, individuals. So I literally could have just said, okay, well tonight for dinner, I'll buy three or buy two. Uh, but I was like, no, I'm going to want two of these uh, and I'm going to eat two of these and I'm going to enjoy the heck out of them. Uh, baked chicken thigh. Um, mm-hmm. I'll season it with a little something, but you know, basically that, and then I'll have a salad. I'll put some, probably put some beets on it and some cucumber and tomato and then make a vinaigrette and boom. And then I'll, I'll cook the broccoli and I may have a little bit of it, but most of that, what I bought is for my wife. Cause when I say two forty, literally that's enough for one and a half meals, um, mm. one and a half things of broccoli. So it's not a lot of broccoli. It, it is quite expensive when you consider that's just broccoli, but it is, I mean, we're where we are. So, you know, they're a little bit getting it here. Um, and I didn't buy the cauliflower cause it was even more expensive, but, um, hmm. <laughs> but that's what I eat. You know, that's, that's leafy greens, cruciferous vegetables and meat. That sounds that's delicious. Every, every meal, every, all yeah. my meals. I have some nuts and seeds. I eat occasionally. Uh, I will eat cream cheese or sour cream occasionally. Uh, I may put a little feta on my salad tonight. Uh, so a little bit of cheese here and there, but not a lot. Um, but that's that's it, and that serves me very well. Now, was I always did I always eat? No, of course I didn't. Um, <laughs> and and no. and I don't always because I have my on season, off season. But if it's not happening, you you got to go deep, and you got to you got to right. be honest with yourself. And I'm pretty certain you're going to find the answer is no. You're you're actually not committed. You're not doing the things that you should be doing. And you know it. Don't mm-hmm. lie to yourself. Don't lie to anybody else. If it's not happening, you're not flawed physically or otherwise. You just haven't made the commitment yet. You're not emotionally where you need to be to make this happen. And that's okay. Accept that. You're not there. That's cool. You're learning things. These are tools. Build your tool chest. But don't pretend you're doing the right things and be disappointed with the results. Mm-hmm. If you're not, um, you know, 80, 20 is not Monday through Friday. You know, that's not the math. Um, mm-hmm. 
So let's be honest with ourselves. Let's make the right decisions. And we've gone long on this, but quite literally, uh, this is well, this is going to be. We're, I think we're on episode five hundred and thirty. Thirty. Yeah. This one's um, thirty. Yeah. Uh, yep. It's nothing new in the sun. Uh, really, <laughs> you know, yeah. people are going to ask, "How do you do five hundred thirty episodes?" Is like just finding one more person to listen uh, <laughs> that gets gets it and changes today. Uh, this is, you know, you're right. I haven't really gotten uncomfortable yet. I really haven't gotten out of my comfort zone and said, for you know, this is important. And it's not that you can't ever have a piece of cake. You can't ever have a piece of candy or, or whatever it is, your, whatever your thing is, or not, you can't ever have another beer. It's not what we're saying because you can. You can manage that back in at some level, either as a, uh, a sometimes thing or as a, like I do, a cycle in and out. Uh, kind of thing, but you got to figure out what works for you first. But right. if you don't do the big thing to get where you want to be, then there's no, there's no off ramp. You're just, you're just, you never got on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you might important. not even be driving down the frontage road. Yeah. Well, like Jeremy, he had a scared straight situation. You know, he was told that he's going to have problems in the future if he doesn't make a change. And Zach had a tough childhood. He, he had a long ways to go with his health as well. And it's it's when you are made aware of a situation, you need to figure out how you're going to change it and commit to that change and bridging that gap between learning you need to make a change and committing to it and actually doing it. It's hard sometimes, but there's a lot of resources out there. There's a lot of people that can help. And even, and even us on this podcast, reach out to Alan's website and ask a question. If you need help or support, that's what we're here for. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that, that's, that's the big thing is just, just reach out, get this thing yeah. started uh, yep. because he had a scared straight moment. He and did. unfortunately there's a lot of people, their first heart attack is their last heart attack right. uh, because they're not alive to have another one. People are dying at ages of 40 and 30 with heart attacks. It's their only heart attack. It's the last one. It's the only one. And it's the one that ends their lives. And so the whole point being is not that that's your fate, but just recognize that some people's wake up calls are also their good night calls. Um, So don't let that be the case. We know that your health is where it is. If you want to change it, you, you don't have to have that huge health scare it's, it's, you know, it's there, you know, mm-hmm. it's there, have it mentally go through it, get yourself together and make the change. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, Rachel, I'll talk to you next week. Great. Take care, Ellen. You too. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Next time on the 40 plus fitness podcast, we meet Diane Makedo and discuss her book, the sleep fix practical, proven, and surprising solutions for insomnia, snoring, shift work, and more. Until then, have a happy and healthy week.